The following podcast is a joint production between independent, inspiring media and lousy weather media. Just a small town guy with a handful of dreams. My future seems bright, or that's how it seems when it comes to love. I'm in need of it. Hello, everybody. Welcome once again. Come on into the Wingcast. I am your host, as always, author of the book Memoirs of a Wingman and stand up comedian Steve Guy. Thanks for joining me. Uh, of course, as always, don't forget to follow along on Twitter and Instagram at the wingman guy we have a fun episode for you guys lined up tonight um well let's just get right to it i'm sitting in a hotel room right now in downtown cleveland uh we just finished iconic laughs with steve guy earlier tonight and uh one of my comics from the show sonal agarwal is going to join us we're going to talk about a variety of things uh she is a young indian woman is that a good way to describe you? What do you you describe you, Sonal? Do your she lives in Chicago. Yep. Hi. Hi. Say hi. Welcome. This is me. Welcome. How would you describe you? I am in a crazy hotel room right now, thanks to this guy, Steve Guy. Get it? No, I got it. Okay. We're gonna talk about her dating life. Um, her chiming in on other people's dating life. There's a zebra-ridged glass shower in this hotel room. Yeah, so we're going to paint the picture for Cleveland you guys. Cleveland is rocking. Uh, we're staying in a hotel room. Fabulous hotel room. Thanks to Iconic Laughs uh, at the Alex Theater, we are in a hotel room at the Metropolitan at the Nine in downtown Cleveland. So if you got some money and you want to have a wonderful evening, uh, especially if you're romantic, you should stay in one of these hotel rooms because they have a, a thing called the love box. With the polyprophylactics. Prophylactics. Uh, I didn't Sona know what, learned that what prophylactics word. were tonight. I didn't know what that word meant. And also, what, two lubrication something. Listen, this box comes with lubricants, prophylactics, uh, female wipes. Only one feminine wipe? I oh, find sorry, that to be a little homophobic, wipe. Cleveland, but you know, that's fine. Why is that homophobic? That's not what that, that's not the correct terminology. Uh, so we're gonna get into a variety of things here with Sonal, and uh, but while we're here, thank you first of all everybody who came out to Iconic Laughs with Steve Guy, and watched Sonal as well as Chris Clem and John Bruton. Hope you guys join us again September twenty third, right back here at the Alex Theater in downtown Cleveland at the Metropolitan with the Nine. For tickets, head to alextheaterclevelyn.com. Um. What are you doing, Sonal? What are you doing right now? Just getting situated. Getting... Am I still close enough to the mic? No, now you're further away. Okay, how? Okay. She's trying. So this this awesome hotel room also has a sectional couch that looks uncomfortable. I keep trying to lie down and getting scolded Just for being too far away from the mic. Go the other way. Right, lie I'm, the other way. I'm flip you're putting your quick. head away from me. Flip around. Uh, so, Sonal is of Indian descent. We're going to talk about dating within her culture and her parents following her. And But uh, before we get to all of that, when I first told you about this podcast, I'm like, yo, hey, let's podcast. You're like, I have this great cock block story. 
Well, you said to me that this podcast is about wingmanning. It is because I'm. I mean, I'm the wingman, but you consider so yourself happy. a good wingman. Yeah, I wingmaned. Uh, what do you also, think? Of good just wingman so principles? the listeners know, as we paint the picture, Chris Clem is sitting in the background listening in uh, right now, but. Yeah. Host of the C4 Chris Clem Cavs Cast. The Clam Clam. Also on lousyweathermedia.com. Episode Steve's been on got 10,000 downloads. That's a lot of downloads. 10,000 downloads. Uh, 10,000 people have not downloaded all of my episodes so far, so get on that, folks. But um, I was a wingman at Chris Clem's bachelor party because nobody knew what to do. And I was like, and hey, how guys. did that go? Did you get lots of people doing the. Electric shimmy together? No, it turned out amazing. So I actually took Chris Clem's brother, and I was like, listen, man, let's come up with a list of stuff that we want him to accomplish tonight as a bachelor. And then we sent all the other dudes out, and we're like, you guys got to make this happen for him or in general. And then we go from there. And then they did that. I got – you should grab a – I don't want to say because your wife might listen. Uh, She knows. She knows. Okay. So – Chris Clem was allowed to cop a feel on a girl because we put that on the list. And we're like, hey, uh, we're at a bachelor party. Can this guy just grab your boobs like over the shirt? She's like, oh, my God. And there's like three girls. And this girl's like, yeah, I'll do it. Whatever. It's fine. Also that night, we were on a elevator with a bunch of guys. Oh, this and is this not a girl story. got on That's the, not how the elevator. Like- she gets off. And Steve's like, you guys see her? And we're like, Steve, she's 12. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> at the time, there was a middle school cheerleading competition staying at the same hotel. And Steve, guys, checking out every seventh grader in the building. And now my side of the story. I get to the elevator first. These two younger girls, yes, get on the elevator. But also, so did their mother, who was in her probably 30s. And who are you checking out? The mom. And she happened to go in this back corner. The doors are closing as the rest of them show up. And I was like, did you guys see that girl? And the doors are closing and all they see are these 12-year-old girls like, what the fuck yeah, is wrong course, with you, nobody dude? Saw the older woman Some older. mom that nobody saw. Nobody saw the mom. this guy. Nobody saw the mom. In fairness, yes, nobody saw the mom. Uh, but that's what it was. But anyway, back to the anyway, bachelor party. Anyway, other than that, you're a pretty good I feel like man. I like to feel like I kind of saved that bachelor party, yes? The Steve guy only saved it for himself because him and my brother left. No, we left later on after it was done. When we were hanging out at the bar, everybody was just like hanging out like, oh, okay, this is fun. As you guys went paintballing. And then I was like, we need to do more. And then you, I mean, you touched girls' boobs. That's a saving of a bachelor party. You're a like. hero, Steve guy. Well, it was free there. Also, I became Facebook friends with that girl so you that night, and we're friends to this you day. You wingman these guys into yeah. boobies. In his defense, a lot of them were dorks. That's, Thank you. Well, that's a lot of great, his, Steve. A lot of so his, that was like a really, that was a really Robin Hood kind of deed that you did. Yeah, fuck you, so well, Let's get into your stuff here. Anyway, tell us this. So now, working for so now. Yeah. You know so what? Now? I mean, like, you, as as a... I'm sorry that Barrio in as a girl, is not more cultured. They didn't know as a girl or was. woman or whatever, you know, like, as a female identified. So as a woman or girl, that's funny. I have definitely that's a lot of experienced being the enemy of girlfriends historically. Like, starting in middle school, high school, you know, where it's like, 
why are you laughing with her? You know what I mean? Were and you ugly like, then? Let's get get right to it. Were you unattractive in high school? In uh, school? I was pretty. I was probably like kind of intense. What does that mean? <laughs> and probably weird looking, no? But I don't know. I don't know whether or not looking? I was. I don't know whether or not I was attractive or unattractive. But I was definitely like to like outside of the normal. This plus this equals you guys are hooking up, you know. And I'm like, hey, hey. I was friends with everybody. Okay. I was friends with everybody, but I wasn't being like, hey, let's hook up. Not that I, I mean, you know. That's what you have to do. That's kind of, uh, yeah. Well, anyway, point is. Well, you were very flirtatious, though. The point is that I was definitely like, oh, I think that I'm friends with these girls. And then yeah. it turns out that they don't like me at all because you, you I make their boyfriends friends with everybody. Laugh. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like you that because I'm friends with girls. Right. You basically then, thought that you were there, friends but I'm with not... everyone. But then the girls, even though, so you were friends with guys and you were friends with girls. But the problem was. I didn't really get along with girls as much as I did with boys. I was very much a Because you were making the boys growing laugh. Up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I mean, it's like, you know, the kind of behaviors that we're programmed with and growing up in where it's like we're taught to be competitive with each other and superficial and give a shit about what you're wearing you know i was very much like rebel like a visionary when okay. i was a kid not really trying to rebel but like i'm just gonna do whatever i want you know what i mean yeah visionary like i'm not trying to get into a fight with you and your ideas about what i should do mm-hmm. but i'm not gonna do that let's still be cool you know what i mean regardless who you are my teacher my parents okay other people in school and you know what it is it's because my parents because my parents are immigrants and they came over from India, right? That right. I was like, none of this matters. You know, like I could live my life up to the age of 20, 25, and then just pack up everything and leave the country and go to the other side of the planet and start my real life. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what yeah. my parents did. Then I'm like, I don't actually care about any of you people because this is like irrelevant. To yeah. Me. We're going to go in opposite order of what I wanted to because you already brought it up. Your parents are immigrants. They're from India. They had an arranged marriage. They had an arranged marriage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. Let's talk about like what kind of position does that put you in as you get older? Are there expectations laid upon you for who you need to date and then ultimately married, who that person is? And like a time frame and everything. Uh, I'm 34 years old now, uh-huh. young, 34 years, whatever. Asian Four doesn't raisin. Asian yeah. doesn't raisin. <laughs> yeah, I was the oldest person on the show, and um, I love that. That makes me the boss of everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, at this point, I would say that they're just very vehemently classist. But what about like they don't care uh, what they they want male. Don't and jump money. the gun. What they want about male and money. When you're growing up, in middle. In, when I was growing up, it was like middle Indian, school and high Indian, school. Indian, 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 and money always, right? Like so very they have clearly to go together. classist. You can't be like, well, some okay, broke what ass. You, what do your parents do? I guess brown it's, dude artist. They would be like, not into that. What do all. your parents do? Uh, my dad's a professor of mechanical engineering. He worked at NASA for a couple of summers. Oh, Does that shit. give me street cred? I'm no, real that... cool. <laughs> and my and... mom is a geneticist. 
and a badass. She's real, you know, she's a, she's a crazy-ass little Indian lady. Before I get to their expectations of you, what I think is... Um, I mean, my love life has, like, nothing to do with them, like, completely. That's, like, no, no, separate worlds. But, like, they what, know nothing. What I think is, they know about one boyfriend. What I think is interesting is, and I've always thought this way, of people who come over, like, that are immigrants and are of Indian descent, like, it's both the parents are very smart and intelligent and hardworking and can hold like these amazing capable jobs where like in America you still have females who are like, oh, I just want to be a trophy wife and I just want to have all the kids and sit at home and want my husband to be successful and have an amazing job. And like Indian parents come over like, no, we both work all the time. You're going to like they don't they expect you to find an Indian husband who is rich and wealthy, but that doesn't mean they don't want you to not work. And that, well, right? that was always a thing too. Dad was always like, I guess, uh, he, dad's kind of a feminist without realizing it. No, For he's sure. definitely, he's definitely <laughs> really in the sense is. like, you can't do this and this on your own because you're putting yourself at risk as a woman, but he's like traveling. Yeah. Whatever, you know, and that was very much culturally, like, despite the fact that I lived in South America for my own, in, for a year, in my very early 20s when I went to India and I'm like, I'm just going to this one place by myself. They're like, oh my God, somebody needs to go with her because that's the culture in India. And I'm like, everybody relax. But what was the question about my dad? Is mostly your parents being both like workers. And oh, dad was always yeah. like, yes, you should get married. Yes, you should have a family. But you have no need for a husband in terms of fun. You should be independent. You are a very powerful, smart person. Doesn't matter, boy or girl. Yes, certain things could potentially be harder for you, but they don't have to be. You know, it's also like very powerful yeah. that you're a woman. So, like, did that kind of set a foundation early on? Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that I always. Oh, this is this is funny to actually think about one's upbringing and then articulate it. I think yeah. that growing up, I was always like, I'm just a person. Okay. And it wasn't really till uh, my early 20s, actually, that I was like, whoa, I'm like a girl. I'm like a female. Yeah. And the world is different for me. Right. Because I never really, it didn't matter before. It was like, sure, I can, you know, I can't lift as heavy things yeah, yeah, yeah. as boys can. And that's fine. You know what? Somebody needs to move that couch. Let's get Chris Clem to do it. He's a massive dude. Good for you. Good for you, Clem. Eat those donuts. Oh, killing Loves it the with the callbacks. Callbacks to a show. Nobody listening yeah. to this podcast. Callbacks, callbacks to a comedy show that nobody listening to this podcast attended. That's fine. Because I'm genius. There you go. Maybe some of them did. So, oh my gosh. Oh, wow. We're in this crazy hotel oh, room right Sonal now. Someone was distracted right now and because we also have a TV on, like and it's some, the Treehouse Masters. It's like the Treehouse White Privilege Masters. It turned out a lot different than I thought marathon. it was going to. This is amazing. This is All where right. I want to live. So oh. back back to this. I've spent a lot of time in trees. Actually. Back to this. You the always plan, uh, didn't say it was going to be next. Hey. So um, yeah. So, so that always, definitely yeah. You laid, always kind and then of it thought. Was, it wasn't like um, women are weaker than men. It was always like we're actually far more powerful. 
but don't know how to direct and use that power. So we're Women just like terrified of, oh yeah, y'all are terrified of us. I mean, huh. you should make like direct eye contact. It's because you have vaginas and, and it's like, you yeah. take it away from us. We're like, oh no. Exactly. Oh, Ladies, listen to me. Our time is now. The future is female. Rise up with me, sisters. You know, guys, whichever male feminists are out there, you guys, we will, we will elect you into the feminist revolution and you will be volunteers, a.k.a. slaves. And that's great. You know, you guys are going to make it. It's coming. Are they sex slaves? Maybe. Yeah, it depends. They'll probably like that more. You know, Some depends. of them. So anyway. Be an application process. Vigorous. Get a love box is what we're saying. <laughs> make sure you have a love box with you at all times. Uh, I, so, and then as, as a person that feels... Like you know, I spend a lot of time in trees. Nah, nah, nah. I feel like an uh, like an like an eternal wing woman, yeah, a woman of wings. You know, like I'm always, and that can be kind of bad too. And you're like, oh, you guys should hook up. Like my very good friend Shoshana. Oh, Shosh, I love you. I'll send you. I'll send her a link for this. So she oh, to this. oh, thank goodness she's you'll send a Mexican link girl. to one person. Thanks for being on the show, Sonal. She's a Mexican girl that I was traveling with, and we were, and me and some other friends, we kept trying to hook her up with all these different guys. Yeah. And then she was like, oh, I met Sylvia, a mutual friend of everybody's. And we're like, yeah, 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 Sylvia's dope. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, Sylvia's the best. We had the best time together. And we're like, yeah, everybody likes Sylvia. It's no big deal. You'll get used to it, you know. <laughs> and then it was like months later, they sent me a selfie of themselves together. I'm like, that's so cool. They're hanging out. She's like, we are in love. And I'm like, I'm a terrible wing woman. Y'all are Super gay, and I. You were trying, and I didn't even right. see. We're gonna I come didn't back. even see it, and I felt really like I felt like a really bad wing woman in that moment. <laughs> Let's go back to the parents thing. All right, so they're like, you need to date Indian people. Uh, you need to date Indian dudes. Middle school, high school. Your parents obviously have this idea for you initially. They're like, we want you to date Indian boys. Specifically, we hope they have money. When do you break to them, like, oh, hey, uh, kind of into more than just Indian dudes? My relationship and with my sexuality and my parents yeah. doesn't exist. They, they know, no clue. They know about one boyfriend that they met at the age of 27. You understand? I'm, like, looking at him really he, intensely right they, now because there's no, like, there, yeah. there's no, they, you don't speak of that. It never happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no sex talk. Sex talk is, like... You do your homework, then one day you get married. Well, what about like, oh, this boy's going to take me out on a date. Does that ever happen? Of course. Do you want, like, you're not understanding what I'm saying. My eyes are flared right you're now. You're talking about I'm sex. Talking, so I'm I want you like, to understand you, that my relationship with my parents yeah. is oh, way the fuck over here. Yeah. And my relationship with my sexuality is way the fuck over here. And they never, ever, ever meet. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Unless we're talking about, like, this is my... This is not my colleague that I've been traveling with yeah. in different countries for the past three months. This is my <laughs> boyfriend who I'm going to Ireland to spend Christmas with his family as his girlfriend. So this is a this white is the age Irish of 27. kid? This is a white Irish dude? At Just 27? regular Irish. They're all white. It's the motherland. Yeah. No, I... There are... I, the, I don't know if there are non-white Irish people. I there think might there be. are some, I've never yeah. seen I don't know. any. For the, Black Irish. There is there, actually, there may be some black an Irish. Yeah. There's an island in the Caribbean. Which one is it? Oh my god, there's a documentary. I don't know. Look it up. The the Irish black Irish. So you Irish dated Caribbean an actual Irish. Irish dude. 
and they met him. Yeah, I mean they. What was that him. like? Uh, Ronan's um, a magical being, so it it was intense. It was fine, you know. I mean, I told my mom on Skype, and she was like, <laughs> she was like, okay. And then she like hung up, and then she called me back like two seconds later. And I love like, that that's how you break it. If you get it, pregnant, our lives are ruined. And I'm like, you know, this is this is Skype. Like, I'm gonna mute. I can goodbye. All I have to do is close the screen and tuck you back into the shelf, and then that's it. I love that you. I ain't ever coming home. That's fine. I love that your Living parents have such a specific cultural idea. Like, this is how it's gonna be. Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, hey, I'm gonna break it to you. I have on a boyfriend. Skype. On Skype. I have a boy. That's all I'm telling you. That I have a boyfriend. That's it. Like, I'm oh, a 27-year-old raised in the United States of America woman. I have a boyfriend. That's it. So well, I'm not talking about 15, here's 16, why, Here's why 17. I find... This is part of why I wanted you on the podcast, and I thought, that, like, this would be fun when we talk about... Uh, is, like, this whole cultural difference. Like, there are still cultural and racial divides that people don't realize and sometimes they're like oh white people just want white people it's like nah, nah it's a whole other thing there are people who still have this idea my cousin is married to an indian girl what i always enjoy about that story is that they started dating in college and they were still dating grad school and her parents were like no absolutely not they met his parents which again are my cousins, for the first time. And like, they are not what you would, you know, like if you were in a very well-to-do affluent family and you met his parents, like my cousins, you would be like, uh, I don't know if this kid is going to go anywhere. And they had those reservations. Fine, fair enough. Then they find out this kid is going to Harvard Law School. And just crushing it on grades and everything. He's there a year early, all this stuff, and just killing it. And they're like, yeah, you might be good enough for our daughter. And then, boom, they're like, yeah, you're on board. Fine. That's great. And I, I just think that those uh, those are things where, like, people don't get. Like, people throw it out there like, no, guys, there's still some, there's cultural stuff out there everywhere. And I find, I always find that interesting. Like, how So if do you're we- trying to go out with an Indian boy or girl... And you are not Indian. You are any other thing in these skin, American. You need to be amazing at what you do. Just be going to Harvard and they're totally in. The Indians are in. Is that the lesson here? That's the lesson here. Yeah. Classist. Indians are classist. (laughs) Also racist, but they will suspend their racism if you're going to Harvard. If your classes So that's is how we will solve racism through Harvard. Just be rich. Yeah. Yeah. You just Or yeah. be and on have your to, way like, to being rich. Yeah. But so the point of that is, folks, like, listen, classism, all the stuff that does exist, this is a real thing. Because that's, uh, yeah, as soon as I'll put, that's an important message. Uh, if you are into an Indian woman or anybody of a different culture, uh, you got to bring your A game. Right? A, that's a, that's a, a point game. of emphasis. No A's. A, only A pluses. Is that kind of weird? Like, people... Uh, a, B, are, a B growing up was, if you're Indian, is the equivalent of, like, teenage pregnancy. And I've, I've taken oh, some broke-ass lovers. And you know what? Um, money is just one form but of people energy. Think, people think... But that I certainly haven't introduced any of them to my parents. No. 
two things here to take away. People think uh, that basic white girls exist, and you need to, like, oh, that's the downfall, and they're only in on this. It's like, ah, no, if you're an American, you're dating. There are other other cultures where you need to step your A-plus game up, as Sonal says. And the other takeaway, I feel like, that I think is interesting, is, like, your Chris Clump, turn that down. Your, you have your family and you have other people they come to america as immigrants and they're like oh this is gonna make our life better but then they're like mm, don't date those people go back to the old world where we were old country where we were and date that only and i just i think well, that's, that's an not interesting, the perspective i think that's an interesting that's not dynamic. The, it's not about don't date those people it's yeah. like it's going to like you don't understand because you're just young Mm -hmm. and that's fine date freely but then when you're going to commit the rest of your life to somebody you know like try to pick somebody that's indian because it's going to be easier for you you guys will have this shared language you will have a shared upbringing you will have a shared you know you share the same holidays so that's because you're raised thing. within the it's like a protective it's an important thing in terms of like i mean growing up it was like whoa you guys are crazy how can you think that and i was very much like i mean i didn't hang out with any brown people hanging out because i'm hanging out i didn't hang out with any brown people growing up what time is it it's like three in the morning i'm allowed to not speak english properly i didn't because it was like whoa y'all need to chill why does everybody know how to spell is there like some sort of conspiracy going on? <laughs> Why are we so smart? What is happening? Everybody's like these, especially me. <laughs> yeah. Someone mm. can't spell it. I can't or do math. Breaking these are down stereotypes. great stereotypes Breaking to have to work through. Breaking stereotypes all day long. Also, the whole like vegetarian <laughs> thing is like people are like you're vegetarian, right? It's like what? No, I'll smack the shit out of this cat yeah, right you now. Are the, you are the least stereotypical <laughs> Indian girl ever. But then, um, you know, now it wasn't until I was 30, 30 years old, 30 years old that I was in Hawaii and I was with my friend, um, Pali, Chaturpal, this dude from Kashmir who grew up. Oh my God, he's from Cleveland. That's so nuts because we're in Cleveland right now. He's from Cleveland. This is like, because I didn't grow up with, uh, hanging out with brown people because I, I yeah. Shout just out wasn't. to Pali Cleveland. Shout out to Pali. And then I was hanging out with him and he made me laugh like in this Hindi English which is the language that I speak there are many many Indian languages and I'm North Indian I'm Punjabi but I don't speak Punjabi I speak Hindi and I was just in bits laughing hanging out with this dude and it kind of turned that on where I was like whoa I want to marry an Indian person man or woman you know whatever let's Basically, I don't want to limit my options, universe. No, but it's not. And, and I guess that's where it comes back to. Maybe the... Does that make like, sense, though? It because does. It's because like, I was he made me laugh in this like yeah. code language. As I was explaining, the parents essentially, it's like this, it's this negative connotation. But in reality, what it is, is that you, you have this life, and it's not racist. It's not necessarily classism. But essentially what it is... It's like a preservation and honoring and celebration. It's a protection. It's a protection. That's what your parents are here to do. They're here to protect you. And And as long as that's not like fear-based. Correct. As long as it's not like 
fuck all y'all. It's like kind of fuck all y'all. It's not fuck all y'all, but it's like, hey, I know that this is going to cause you hardships. And I love you so much that I don't want this hardship to be pushed upon you. Or more challenging, I would say. Because I. Challenging is better, yeah. The longest relationship that I've had was with this boyfriend in Ireland. And I spent a lot of time in Ireland and I could, and I went through that in my mind where it's like, am I going to marry him and live Mm -hmm. in Ireland? And it was like, bro, I'm not Irish. Yeah. I'm not Irish. And I'm not, I'm brown. I'm brown. And this is like the motherland of white people. And I'm, oh, I'm that Indian girl. You're like, you guys are super ginger. The closest you're going to get to brown is pretty bright red. Which is not close Awkward at all. silence. Not close at We're all. We're just going to let that hang for a second. Oh, Chris Club's not paying attention. He's a, oh, he's yeah. the only ginger. Ginger Blaze. No, he's not. He's blonde. Oh, look at that beard. No, that, I, those blondes I'm are frosted. That blonde is frosted My tips. My hair looked like this when I was a kid. It was even lighter than Yeah, frosted tips. My brother and sister on the other hand. Anyway, gingers are beautiful. Kissed by the fire. Shout out. To all my ginger people. All right. So... Kissed by the fire. I feel like hopefully a lot of people have a takeaway from that. I think in the end, the point is, if you're within culturals, uh, we live in a really complicated time right now too, yeah. where you can't even say something like, "Oh, I want to marry within my race." It's like because oh, we're everything's just such a duality where you're either with us or against us. You're either racist or an ally you know and it's like no things are more complicated than that you know and how can you just express like yeah i'd like to be able to speak in hindi with my partner with my life partner i'm not saying that i'm not you know like i it's not that like somebody couldn't learn hindi of any other um upbringing or background you know and that's actually a really cool possibility to think about that you could invite somebody into your culture but then it's like how often does that happen you know, yeah. because more often than not, you hook up with somebody and it's like, do you speak the language of your partner? It's like, no, but our kids do, for example, you know, or like if they barely do. So do you feel like, and we'll wrap this up, we'll get to a couple of other fun things with having you on here, Sonal. Um, when it comes down to, if we had to break it down to two things, dating and hooking up, is there a significant difference and the people that you're doing either of those things with. Dating, you're going on dates, you're trying to see I've maybe is there a future. boyfriend, singular. That's it, ever. Like, maybe two. Currently or ever? I've had lovers. What about the fire guy? <laughs> yeah, Ronan. That was like That's the, the Irish guy, yeah. Ronan. Ronan's like my hero, right? And I mean, Good. like, and he drives me totally insane also. Oh, yeah, we're best buds. Best buds. I mean, no. So we will go. It's timeless. So I'll go a long time vodka's without being speaking to him. across the group, everybody. Uh, so, but and I've had many. I mean, yeah, that's a whole. We'd have to do so a series not a of podcasts. Difference necessarily. I was introduced to the, to the concept of relationship to self. Okay. Like before you embark in any sort of relationship with other people, you need. To develop the relationship to self, know what love is, blah blah blah. And like the age of 18, 19, you know, and then that was I became very anti-relationship for a long time. That's really funny because I mean that's gonna be a whole honestly that 
should probably be a whole other podcast, and we'll do this again at some point, because I think there are so many people, and, and that's a cultural difference, I think, that in the U.S., if your parents are from here and everything, it's not, you're not introduced to this whole thing of yourself. That's something right now that every person it, it, with millennials, I guess if I'm going to categorize it, everybody's like, oh, you need to be about yourself first before and everything else. And it's they're learning that now as opposed to you're growing up with that. And that's, that's a huge difference. If you're growing up with it, that's one thing. As opposed to, I've been dating people, dating people, and it's gone terrible, it's gone terrible, and like now I'm all about me. And this and, is and why maybe it's it would be so, more successful, I guess. This is why it's so important to travel, I think, because mm-hmm. it's like y'all can get down to like Mexico for 150, 200 bucks round trip, and it is a completely different it's world. Were these narratives of like, I mean, I would say that everything is very external. That's a very universal truth no matter where you are people are looking outward instead of looking inward but it's important to go around to different places where it's like i feel like it's because i grew up with this expectation of like it doesn't matter you don't date just focus on it was like focus on yourself focus on your studies and then you'll get the job and then eventually you'll have enough status to be a marriage candidate Versus, like, ugh, everybody's starting to have sex at 12, like, completely uninformed, you know, and, well, that like, wasn't me. hearing about good for that guy. hearing about doggy style at the age of 13, and I'm like, oh, my what? God, in Bollywood movies, they don't even kiss. Doggy style at the age of 13? Who are these people? So having, all, you know, like, being in the middle of that, it's I'm like, whoa. And because I was, like, that awkward kid, and I wasn't getting, like, you know, the lots of suitors or yeah, anything, you, you know, like, laugh. I was just getting laughs. I was getting loads. I mean, yeah, I was very, and I was uh, doing sports and stuff, you know, and I was like. um, Sports are great. I was a little stoner kid, you know, so I was hanging out with everybody. and. What's your favorite baseball team? Well, we're in Cleveland, right? Yeah. Go us. (laughs) Go Indians, right? I don't, yeah, I don't think it's the, not those Indians. It's fine. Whatever. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god! All right, let's awkward silence. I love I love all these points. No, that was of the, good. The, the, the that was good. Hilarious. I love really all good the content. cultural diversity when talking about dating, but uh, we're kind of rolling into the latter point of this podcast. But let's talk about some fun things. Uh, as I said earlier, initially you were like, "Oh yeah, this one time I was a cock block," and I want to hear that story. Now. Also, not only as enemy of girl, but you're just like a walking cock block as a girl hanging out with boys, you know, and like oh, any, any women that are out there can yeah. 100% if, relate to that. Where if you're it's a tomboy like, and you're a girl playing sports, if you're a girl who's just funny and everybody thinks you're hilarious, yeah. It's like, hey, um, can you go? Because you're kind of cock blocking me right now. It's like, what? I look like a scrub. I look like, I'm like... My hair is a mess. <laughs> I, I love got my it. glasses on. I got pajamas on. I was like, "Yeah, but your vibe, you know, like you just got to go. You're totally cock- like no girl. Your vibe's too positive." Basically, and the, I mean that's not just me, but that's often the case. No, with I women. love that because like so many people think like, oh, and I'm very fake. Dudes, everybody always thinks dudes are cock blocking. Dudes are cock blocking dudes. That's it. That's where it is. It's always dudes on dudes, and you're like, nah. 
Uh, I mean, I don't know. Cockroach. I don't know what it's like when dudes are hanging out with dudes. I'm not a dude. Well, I just so. think that's a constant. That's no matter the, what, uh, that's the thought. Constant cock blocking. It's like sword fighting. Whether or not you guys yeah. are aware of it, you're probably not even aware of it, though. Yeah, I think some guys are and some guys aren't. Because there are definitely guys who are like having a conversation with a girl, and immediately if another dude is just there and you're all in a conversation, they'll do the, like the oh, put the arm on the bar. And just shut you out. So, so there's like, deliberate a, cock blocking. Yeah, there's body language and whatnot. But I mean, as a girl, you deliberate cock blocking cock- is like the most hilarious thing ever. Well, Ladies, I'm telling you, you gotta get into what this. Is your because cock-blocking? most of the time we're completely unintentionally cock blocking. Oh, yeah. And sometimes I we can that. feel it. Sometimes we're aware and we're like, sure. Oh my god, I'm just gonna go because I can feel this girl is looking at you and she's not gonna come near because she thinks that I'm your girlfriend because I'm standing here. What's Even though, obviously, cock? body language indicates that we are not. Um, yeah. That, and so, was, be, as a comedian... I cut myself off as saying, what's your cock? But what's your cock blocking story? My cock is huge. Yeah. My yeah. cock blocking what's, story. As a comedian, I hang out... There you go. Chris yeah. Clem just chimed in and said, you can see we like, Sonal's cock through her dress. Shit, I better sell the sock now. I, gotta get <laughs> I was pegging heat. <laughs> I was pegging heat just out there. You know, and as you were saying, um, guys do it to each other too. They whether do. or not they do it intentionally or unintentionally. But as a lady, us, you you just, you are. You become, you are a cock block. Especially when you're hanging out with your boys and you have familiarity with them. Then it's like, immediate, it's like, oh, she must be somebody's girlfriend. Right? So now, as yeah, a comedian... Actually- in fairness, this happened tonight when we were at the bar. We were at Barrio eating dinner with Chris Clem. There's three of us. Uh-huh. And I told the guy, I was like, hey, uh, we're going to split that up. We need separate tabs. And in my mind, separate tabs was all three of us are having our own check. <laughs> Thanks, Chris Clem, jumping and laughing in the background. But in turn, it, what it ended up being was he gives Chris Clem a check, who's on my right, and then gives me a check, and it's you and I. And I'm like, I look at his and I look at ours. I'm like, uh, not knowing that I'm looking at ours, I think I'm looking at mine. And I'm like, oh, okay. Our, that's what happens. You can sense the, chemistry the guy you know. sensed that. He we, sensed he, our vibe, guy. He Listen, like, maybe Whoa, he. Sonal, Steve. Oh, you sensed it too, Chris Clem. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, well, was maybe like, he was. Forget about JC. Maybe yeah. he wasn't wrong. We're going to make out after this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I got to leave. It's over. Because right now, I'm the one cock You're a cock block. Get out of here, Chris Clem. Yeah. So, um, that's so funny because that dude at the at Barrio was mm-hmm. um terrified of me. He did not make eye contact mm, with terrified me. Terrified of all of us. It's like, but he didn't did he make eye contact with you? Nope. Okay, it was I tried to get a second beer for like 25 minutes. You know yeah. what? That's really important to hear because you know, we just start to start make excuses like, oh, it's because he's terrified of me. No, it was like, yeah, no, he, that's case. just how, he's just really bad. He, just he shouldn't be here. He didn't want to be there. He's had I a didn't tough order time. order extra chips, but I got them, but I did want a second IPA and I did not get them. <laughs> you were so unhappy about those extra chips, I'm I, sure. I only ate once today. I had almonds and egg patties earlier. <laughs> I was there. We've been together all day. <laughs> I really uh, recommend road tripping uh, with Chris Clem. He's great. I do too. That'll be a, a further. It'll be a further we episode. We put three I, bucks in. I assure you, you that make it across the country. There will be a further episode in which Chris Clem and I 
So as a comedian, I now spend a lot of time with a lot of dudes. I run a show every Saturday in um, a place called Wrigleyville. And we're there, and it's me and five bros. And it's so funny because I can deliberately cock block. And ladies and boys, I invite you to explore this power because it, it really is funny. So one time, one of the dudes... I was, we were actually on our way to another show and he was speaking to this very cute little blonde number and I'm like, hey, 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 we got to go, we got to go, we got to go, trying to get his attention because we need to get to the next gig, right? And he's not paying any attention to yeah, me. Yeah, you're like, yo, we just got to go to the next show. He's not paying any attention to me because he's focused on this blonde and I'm like, okay, we have the urgency of getting to this gig. Also, I don't like that I'm being ignored right now. And, you know, uh, no, not into that. I'm a Leo. Yeah, not in a sexual way. You're just like. No, just like. Hey, man. Yeah, bro, we got to go. I'm talking. We got to. And that, you know, like, I I know now that he is trying to get some. And I'm like, somebody's not getting any pussy tonight. (laughs) So you intentionally did this. Well, also, we needed to get to the gig. But okay, so yeah. this is gonna come full circle yeah, that's because fair. so I grabbed him by okay. the backpack, like the you know that little bottom strap near your hip of his actual backpack of his actual backpack, <laughs> and I grab him and I go, "Babe, I we gotta him. go." You called him babe. I called him babe, and I go, "We gotta go," and his face dropped, and he turned to me, and he turned to the blonde girl, and he turned to me, and turned to the blonde girl like. She's not my girlfriend, but he can't say it, you know. And he looks so mad, oh, I'm and sure I have he was. never felt so powerful. And I—that was probably one of the most powerful moments I've ever felt. I swear to God, just holding this stupid little man's ego in the palm of my hand, like like a little piece of glass that I just crushed, I just shattered everywhere. And then I went, "No talking to other women in front of me." And I ran up the stairs like a psycho, cackling. And it was so hilarious. Now, in my defense, I felt like if she was really cool, she would have seen through that ruse and been like, I get it. She's not your girlfriend. That's hilarious. And if she got it, then it's like, okay, she's really cool. You should definitely hook up with this girl. But she did not see through it. And I was like, no, you shouldn't hook up with this girl. So ultimately... I was acting as his wingwoman. But, uh, and so not a cock block. That's how the story will be told. Do you have any The interest? end. <laughs> okay. So uh, was Sonal being a cock block and a wingwoman or just straight up a cock block and coming off like a crazy bitch? That's for you guys to decide. Um, okay. So that was one of the times when you were a cock block and a jerk. But there's also a moment in which you were a wing woman that's good to this show. And it's not the way in which people think, because if you've ever read the book Memoirs of a Wingman, there is a specific uh, wingman tip in there. It's called Title IX Wingman, and what that means is you have a wing woman. And on top of that, there's another moment in time, there's a wingman tip, in which it explains that sometimes being a good wingman means that you just say, "Hey, bro, uh, you know what? That's not a that's not a good that's not a good move right now." 
And what you have, Sonal, essentially combines those because you are a wing woman, and you have this example where you're like, hey, everybody, that's, uh, no, that's not a good plan. And then in, they didn't listen, I feel like, is what happened. But, yeah, you know, you tell the story. Yeah, I was traveling with um, some friends of mine, and we started in England, in England, and it was a Mexican girlfriend of mine and a um, Canadian friend. The Mexican friend is the girl, Canadian friend is the boy, right? And there's like this tension between them, and Canadian friend has been dating a mutual friend, because um, I mean this. So he's been not dating the Mexican girl. Oh no, he's been dating a mutual friend of me and Mexican girls oh, boy. in India, a uh, Thai girl. <laughs> right? And we're all together in India and it's like this beautiful international community. We're just astral beings. You guys thought your love life was a problem. This is a whole international perspective here. This is like when um you know like you go traveling in search of a no drama zone. And you're like, oh, I'm in paradise. These are like these really amazing performers and artists that have everything like figured out. No, I mean, you don't escape human, the human experience and human dramas. I mean, we all have the experience of like, oh, no, I'm super attracted to this person that I know I should not hook up with. But then there's For like sure. something there that like no matter how you rationalize it or how you are being even is like no don't do it there's something else there that's like and this kind of feral carnal drive that just overrides everything so um that's kind of what happened and i was there like in the middle of, like witnessing it you know we were all traveling together type of thing and i'm like no you guys can't do this and then i was in the car a car with the two of them mexican friend and canadian friend and another friend who was driving the car and Thai friend is on the phone with me calling like what's going on I feel like there's something going on between Mexican friend and Canadian friend and I'm like no I don't know what you're talking I'm now lying because I'm in this complicated reality where I'm with the two friends that right. are in the energetic entanglement that they're just like oh this is just this intense here and now you essentially are the united states because you are in between mexico and canada yeah <laughs> and i'm like you guys that's a geography lesson up. everybody <laughs> you guys should stop hooking up and then um and then uh thai friend made it down to where we were all together and it was like this whole chaotic explosion of beings and then uh Thai friend did not talk to me for a very long time. Yeah. And I mean like we're all we're all good now, but it was it was it was incredible that what you know, did, sometimes what happens is What did is, you do to divert anything? You just were at this point you're just in the car. How did you make this all good? What and did better? I that I mean that's kind of like sometimes you just have to uh surrender the fact that you don't have any you know, you feel very helpless in those moments where it's like watching a car crash, but the cars haven't quite crashed yet. And you're like, I want to do everything that I can to prevent this from happening. Did you tell them in the car, like, hey, guys, not a good <laughs> idea? Well, I mean, it had already happened by then. And they're like, <laughs> so I'm lying 
to Thai friend. Like, no, nothing's happened between Mexican friend and Canadian friend when, like, no, all the things yeah. have, have happened between Mexico and Canada. And I'm the United States just trying to be like, let's build walls. <laughs> let's build walls. And they're like, no, we walls must surrender so to this fair, these feral, you know, like we're um, human beings. We have biological uh, tendencies also that kind of, you know, I mean, I don't know. So really what happened is it's all well-intentioned. It's all to... about miscommunications, really, you know. Mexico but... and Canada got together. The other guy got really, really upset and defeated. Lady. Because it's a boy and a girl. Oh. Mexico and Canada. Boy and a girl. And then there's a girl that's being left out. Tiny girl. Oh. So girl got really And she got really, really upset. And then she kind of, yeah, she made her way down to where we were. And there was this whole explosion. And Mexican girl was kind of. Did you make anything better? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I was, I was there. I don't. Oh, so what you're telling me you is know you're a you, terrible wing woman. It's you I didn't mean protect like protect anybody. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was like <laughs> this. I was like this benched wing woman. That's like, I, will like you, you guys pay attention? It. I'm yeah. trying to stop this car crash, and that's what I'm saying. That like I'm trying to stop this car crash. Oh, you just have to accept that it's. And I was a good wing woman in the sense that we're still all connected to each other. All of these people yeah. in the story. We're all connected to each other. We all care about each other. And these are things that happen. And it's like these are either opportunities where the bridge that connects us burns between two people or it's like we put in the work where Thai friend didn't speak to me for a long time. At that time, I was super young and I had never been in love. I didn't know what it was to experience. I didn't know what it was to experience that heartbreak. And I remember Thai friend being devastated, and I remember saying to her in the attempt to be a wing woman and being a really bad wing woman, saying to her, you know, he still loves you, just not as a partner, as a sister, which is better. Not knowing what it was to be in love with somebody. And she's like weeping. And then when my heart was, when I finally experienced heartbreak for the first time, like years and years later, I remembered that so intensely. Like that is such a fucked up thing. To say to somebody yeah. who's going through heartbreak from it their is. partner, like, it's cool. He wants to love you like a sister, which is forever. He still loves you. <laughs> it's but it's same. transitioning. Yeah. Because ah! also then people I get married, her. they say, for better, for worse, for. And then know, I apologized to her. Part. In that sense, I did get to be a good wing woman, but it was like many years later. Oh, man. So, in a roundabout way, folks, here's what it is if you're in a relationship and you have somebody that you trust, as your wingman, your wing woman, maybe don't call them that, but you just you trust them so much within your social circle, or maybe it's just a social back and forth. Actually, really trust them. Listen to what they have to say, and also, if you are a wingman or wing woman, and you're knowingly within this situation, you're like, oh yeah, hey, this is all gonna be good. It's gonna be fine. I'm gonna protect these people, protect these people. Remember. Uh, you probably want to protect everyone as much as you can, and then somebody is bound to get hurt. And I think that's the, that's the biggest takeaway here in this story is you need to look at it, figure out, oh, who's going to get most hurt? And maybe that's who you protect the most. And that's you dissect, you take a step back, you dissect it, and you're like, you know what? That person's going to be really 
fucked up from what the end result is of the story. Well, and you go and you you assess the situation. You're like, ah, uh, how I was going to handle it, probably not the right way to handle it. Sometimes being a great wingman or wingwoman means taking the step back, going to someone, and simply saying, you know what? I think you should talk to that other person instead of them confiding in you, which I think so much of us are like, oh, I love the fact that you're confiding in me. I want you to do this. I'm your friend. Let's talk about it. But going back to one of the previous episodes of Wingcast, Wingman Podcast, one of those previous episodes is all about communication. And sometimes as a wingwoman, wingman, you need to look at that person, you have that conversation, assess it, and you need to say, hey, um, you know what? I think there's a conversation you need to have. And that's how you go about doing it. It will take away so much more drama than what you're into or what you should be into. And that's uh, that's the end result from that story. Hope you guys have gained a lot. Hope you're having a lot of fun. Uh, hope you've enjoyed Sonal's stories from some fun not or not so fun. Hope you've enjoyed Sonal's stories from cultural differences within dating uh, talking about cock blocking, talking about being a actual terrible wing woman, it turns out, and going from there and how to fix it or how to prevent that. So hopefully you've gained something from all this episode. Uh, follow Sonal on Instagram and Twitter at Razor underscore Bliss. She definitely needs those Twitter followers up. If you're in the Chicago area, definitely follow her so you can keep track of where she is doing comedy and and putting on shows and hosting mics there. Uh, Thank you guys once again, as I said at the top of the show, for coming out to Iconic Laughs with Steve Guy. Our next show, September 23rd, once again, Jason Cross from New York City and Whitney Chitwood from Chicago, another lady from Chicago. She'll be there with us. So get your tickets at alextheatercleveland.com. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the Wingman Guy. Like Memoirs of a Wingman on Facebook. And of course pick up the book on Barnes and Noble or Amazon.com. And uh, that's gonna pretty much do it, you guys. Make sure you check out Chris Clem's C4 Cavs cast. And uh, hey, we'll talk to you next time. Just uh, go be a solid human, would ya? Oh great. <laughs> Now Chris Clem is watching my Instagram story on the podcast. (laughs) That's our special, that's our, that's my driver. We are recording, yes. (laughs) I got white people driving me around, y'all, yeah. That's how it seems when it comes to love. I'm in need of advice. I'm in need of advice. Hello, 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 hello. You live in Ireland? Hello, my darling. Hello, my nanny. Hello, my summertime girl. Where's my dad?